Hey everybody, just wanted to check in with you again and just uh, share a little something to encourage you and lift your spirit. Um, I hope you're all doing well at this time and uh, thank you for everybody who's um, checking in on people. A church community is a funny thing because uh, everybody doesn't know everybody and everybody naturally doesn't talk to everybody. Uh, you all have your specific little friends and, and groups and that's a good thing. So, um, yeah, talk to those you would normally talk to. Check in on those you'd normally check in on. And if we do that, uh, everybody pretty much will, will get covered. And if there are any particular needs that you need to pass on to, to us in leadership and ministry, then please do so and we'll do our best to, um, to meet that. But keep doing what you're doing. Some of those are maybe a little quieter, might slip through the net. Just bear in mind uh, whether they might appreciate a phone call or whatever. And, uh, you know, let's just keep loving one another and, uh, and doing our best to, to care. Um, I wanted to talk to you just for a few minutes about the word if. Um, it's a little word, two letters, but extremely powerful. And uh, often we, we mess with this word when we put a what in front of it. What if? Uh, usually he's leading to some sense or leading from some sense of uh, of guilt and uh, and self-loathing. Or we put another word sometimes on the end of it, if only, um, meaning if only something had happened. Or in other words, we then put pressure on ourselves that if we knew then what we knew now, we might have responded differently. So let's drop the what and let's drop the only. Let's just talk about the word if for a minute. I've been thinking this week, which is what triggered me, um, and I think has great connection to what all of us are facing now with this strange circumstance of the coronavirus and and uh, shutdown and all that stuff. So, so if my father had not been buried twice in the pit, in the coal mine where the roof fell on him, um, if that had not happened twice over the course of 18 months and if he had not survived that but even more so if that had not happened which which was a, a very unfortunate experience frightening experience threatening experience if that had not happened then I would not now be living in York and um, if I wasn't in York I wouldn't have been introduced to this wonderful group of people that I now get to lead and, and pastor and have done for the last 28, 29 years. Um, uh, if that had not happened to my father, I would have not have been here. And then when my father-in-law, who obviously wasn't my father-in-law at the time, came here to pastor this church, I would not have met his daughter, Chris, and I would not now be married to Chris, and we would have not had the journey that we had for the last... 40 odd years, um, if, if my father had not been buried in the pit. Now, that's a disastrous thing that, that occurred, but, but the if around that has actually turned out to be something you could not have planned or expected. But what I'm trying to say is, is, is so much of my life experience and the the wonder that I've had and everything that I've been able to engage and appreciate with has happened because of that. Now, I in no way, not for one second or one cell of my being, believe that God did that in order that blah, blah, blah. 
or that or that uh, my destiny could not have unfolded in life, whatever that means, by some other by some other course. But the truth is, it didn't, and I'm here. And so much has, has, has blessed me in my life because of being here. If my father had not been buried in the pit twice in 18 months, none of this would be. Uh, also, if he had not come through to York, which, which was a strange place to come really when you know where we came from in a coal mining village in, uh, in South Yorkshire, if, if, if he had not come here, on a particular weekend in 1961, then the lady who was in the church that day, who asked the pastor, who is that young man, meaning my father, uh, and being told he has had this accident in the pit, he can't work in the pit, he needs work, um, and, and I, I might have found him a job in York, but they don't have a home. This lady said, tell him I will buy them a house if they come to York. And that lady did. And my mother and father were permitted to pay that lady back by whatever they could afford, whenever they could afford it. Which meant that my parents, coming from a, um, a pit-owned house, because that's what you had in the mining villages, like social housing, uh, renting a house, then were on the path to becoming home owners, which, of course, set in process a path that introduced me to a different, a different way of seeing life and uh, uh, has brought us to a place of, of relative prosperity and blessing in our lives because of that woman if they'd not been there on that Sunday if that lady had not been there then some of the things that we now have the blessing of experience and the changes of mindset and and all that has come from that would not have taken place if if you see the if uh, if my father had not been buried in the pit none of this would be happening in our lives right now. One other thing I wanted to say is that um, I left school at 16. I was not keen on academia at that time. Uh, also coming from the family mindset we had, you worked. I, I remember when I, um, when I finished school on the, on the Friday, um, on the Monday I set about uh, fixing the roof of the house and painting the house at 16. Um, you know, a, a gap a gap year was something that you had in your life when your two front teeth were coming and, and there was a, a space between them. We didn't understand gap years as we understand it now. So 16, uh, I'm doing that. And, and I went and took an apprenticeship with a, uh, with a national company. And uh, the first year was an induction, uh, induction year. And um, I excelled. I was the top apprentice. Uh, in the year, and uh, the tradition was that the top the top apprentice got to choose within the company whichever trade you now wish to pursue. Well, um, top of the pile was always considered electricians. You sparkies out there, you were considered the the brightest and the best. So I chose that I would like to follow the path of becoming 
an electrician, but I, I remember having submitted my application, being so certain that this would be my my uh, my course of, of, of progression. Um, the chief instructor called me into his office and he sat me down and he said, whenever I look at you, Anne, he said, all I can think of is plumber. Well, my heart sank, I have to admit, that moment, because it was like, you know, the cutest of being a sparky at that time for us boys growing up and the potential and even earnings potential was... Um, was great and now he's looking across the desk at me who's the top apprentice who has put their first choice and telling me um you know whenever I see you I, I, I or oh, this is all I can think of so he said so so I'm not putting you in as electrician I'm going to put you in as a plumber well I'd be lying if I said I was not somewhat you know disappointed and put down and set back and probably a little angry um, and so that's the course that was chosen for me at the path that I was given to take. However, what I did not realise at the time is that this path would best serve everything that my life needed to express, not just from my own desires, but from whatever the bigger plan, the bigger purpose of the universe is, that somehow we stumble into that gig great, graciously and gratefully and thankfully I did not realise that this was the most incredible career path that could have been offered to me. So I, um, I took up the academia, I excelled, um, was top of the class every year, uh, got distinction in everything that I did, uh, moved into other areas of learning which were way in advance of what I ever expected to do. Because I was in the role I was in, um, I was sent back to college and I could go on as many courses as I wished for as long as I wished, all being paid for by the employers. So I did for the next seven and a half years. Um, I, I educated myself at the expense of British Rail Engineering Limited and uh, progressed very well up the learning scale. And um, what that meant was that I began to be promoted immediately from turning 20 in the company and in a couple of short years I was um, working answerable only to the chief civil engineer and the assistant chief civil engineer um, in the Derby offices. I had nobody in between me and them. It was a direct thing. I was looking after four major workshop complexes and uh, liking the job. The job was great. I enjoyed it. Um, I, for, for a detached person, it was incredible for me because I worked on my own <laughs> I, I traveled on my own, I worked on my own, I reported on my own uh, and implemented on my own and it was absolutely brilliant. But this was a, this was a great job. Uh, but also um, in the academic side of things, um, I, I progressed through the scale and uh, uh, was invited by the principal of the college at that time to go for a conversation with one of my uh, head tutors and uh, we sat there and he offered me a job there and then for the coming um, uh, the coming school year he offered me uh, a job of a, a um, lecturer in building technology uh, um, not on the lowest grade the next grade up uh, beginning there with the with the prospect of moving through to become uh, uh, head of department and uh, they also wanted to continue to pay for my uh, continued education as as far as I wish to go in order to 
to do that. Now, this for me, uh, I have always loved preaching and teaching and talking and, uh, and, and sharing. So for me, if I were to have stayed in industry, that, that was just a absolute ideal thing. Um, and uh, if, if my um, head of, of, of the training school had not called me in and said, when I see you, I can only think of one thing, plumber. If if that had not have happened, I would not have had that wonderful career path, which which um, uh, did a couple of things for me. One was um, uh, having chosen not to accept that role and and all the potential they were giving me and the offers, but having been invited by my father-in-law to come on the pastoral staff at the church at that time, and I chose that because I felt that was the calling on my life. Um, I was able to come into ministry um, not because I couldn't do anything else or had not had not achieved anything or succeeded in anything else, but I was able to come into ministry um, being able to show a a, um, a portfolio, uh, a resume that that said I was going to the top of the tree in the realm that I was in. Um, and that my choice for ministry was not because I couldn't do anything else. It was a genuine choice. And I think sometimes that's that's important because this is also important. Um, and that that was that was one of the key things that I say, if 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 I had not been only seen as the one who should do the plumbing, uh, then none of that would have happened. You see, see how important the if is. But I couldn't couldn't have known that at the time, and might have thought that at the time, not realizing what an incredible um, incredible destiny was was opening up and and unfolding before me. And I was going to tell you a second reason for that, but I can't I can't think of that at the moment. So these are all the results of the of the if, and if that had not happened then this would not be. If that had not happened, I may not have had a means to express what was really the inside desire of my heart and, uh, and the calling that I believe was upon me, if. And I remember, I remember um, Whitney Houston's funeral. And... Um, uh, I remember T.D. Jakes, who's a big name black preacher in America, getting up to share. And, and I have to admit, I was underwhelmed with, with what he brought. But then Tyler Perry, the, um, the uh, uh, actor, producer, director, screenwriter, he got up to talk and, and Tyler Perry was absolutely fantastic. And uh, he asked this question from Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If, if, if God be for us, who can be against us? And he, he, he went into that chapter that says, some, and uh, what shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Hardship, tribulation, famine, life, death, um, whatever. It said, knowing all these things, we, we come through um, as conquerors. What shall we say then in response to these things, if God be for us? And so I wanted to share this with you today, just a couple of examples. If my father had not been buried in the pit, if my senior tutor at the training school 
had not seen me as a plumber. None of this that I now experience in all its blessing, its outreaching, how it's taken me across the world, who it's led me to meet, how it has fulfilled my heart. None of this, none of this would have happened in this form. And so I wanted to encourage you today, what's the if in your life? In this situation, what's the if, right? Maybe maybe we'll look back in a little, little while's time and some of you will say, if that had not happened, if I not had not been made to do that, if this choice had not been made for me, if then. And so I want you to lift your spirits because I do believe, again, there are many of you who... Um, uh, how you define God in your understanding, and I don't mean that belittling or because I'm afraid to say how I define God, but but those of you who who understand the interaction and the of the divine and the impartation of the divine, the thing I talked about on Sunday, God, God, God with me, God in me, God as me. Whatever that is, I, I want you to get a hold of the fact today. If God is for you then right now don't the who should be against us let's just put then dot 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 if god is for us then for every one of you today who can grasp this and let your spirit your, your, your inner being take a hold of it and by faith embrace this i am telling you that if god is for us then dot 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 if then we're living in the if but in a little while, we'll be living in the then. And, and hopefully, you'll have a great testimony to share. Now, one last thing before I go. Um, uh, Danny's been asking if any of you have got some little vids you'd like to make or whatever of what you've been up to or what special has happened or what this has pressed you into during this time. Please send them in to us. We are interested. We'd like to get them out to people. People are encouraged by people's story. That's one of the reasons I wanted to share some of my story today. So can you share a little of your story with us so we can share that story with others? So we love you, we bless you. One other thing before I go, if you're liking what you're hearing and if it's blessing you, um, it would also bless me and bless us to know that it's blessing you just so that we know that we're getting through and we're helping you. So if I hear nothing, I'm going down the garden to eat worms in misery uh, but if I hear something, just even just a like or a little word, um, just to say thanks, that helped me. That encourages to stay on the track and keep talking to you because where we see you in the church and we get these interactions, obviously when you're sat in front of a camera, it's not the same. So lots of love to all of you. Um, our hearts are with you and we look forward to the time when we, uh, when we will be meeting again. So every blessing and I'll catch up with you uh, with a little more to say in a day or two.